Live from the Journeys Group Studio, this is Taking Care of Business. Good day, this is Tommy Pate. And this is George Pate. Taking care of business. Today is the, actually not today, but this week is the midweek of July. Yep. Uh, so we're halfway through, theoretically, the summer. Uh, really, we're not halfway. On, 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 the, on the calendar we are, but yeah. as far as the weather goes, we're just, nah, we're just, we're just, just getting, getting started. Yeah. Yeah. Um, lots of things happening to poor President Biden. <laughs> you know, the jokes write themselves. I mean, you cannot you cannot make this stuff up. I think the most uh, amazing thing last week was when we he admitted to the newspaper guy that we're low on some type of ammunition, but we're going to send some to the Ukraine anyway. <laughs> it's like, are you kidding me? You just told the world about <laughs> we've got a weakness, and we're and I did not know this. This is kind of kind of political and moral at the same time. But did you know that there is not a commandant of the United States Marine Corps now? The first time they've had a vacancy for over 100 years. And do you know why? Why? I approve of the reason. Um, is it Tubwell or Tubhouse uh, is a senator from Alabama? Republican senator. I think it's Tubwell. I... Yeah, anyway, he is – there are 100 – over 100 um, uh, promotions up for the Senate to approve in the various branches of the military, and he has blocked them all. Do you know why? Why? Because the military, after Roe versus Wade was overturned, the military put in, adopted in place a, if you are in the military and you live in a state that does not provide abortion, the military will pay for your travel, your time off, everything to go to a different state so that you can have an abortion. And, Tubwell or Tubhouse, whatever it is, has said until you change that rule, nothing else is going to happen. That you don't have the authority to decide. The military doesn't have the authority to decide what's what is appropriate, what inappropriate. Okay. For the Supreme Court, so of course you you know the Democrats are all over him, going, "Oh, you're destroying national security. We not have we don't have a strong leadership in the military, which we don't anyway." But I mean. Uh, but I thought it was interesting. And he has stood firm. He has said no. He said the day you reverse that. That law that you've put in place, uh, we'll we'll start working on these on these promotions, but so, not till then. So why is the commandant stepped down? Commandant retired. Okay. And oh, oh, and they haven't promoted somebody new to correct. the commandant. Okay, okay, correct. okay. Because the new commandant, I mean, has to be approved by the Senate. The Senate, yeah. And he says, I'm not approving anybody until the military stops paying for travel for abortion. And I agree with that. That's that's the law of the land. Yeah, you know? I mean, you're you're trying to. Uh, you're finding a workaround for something that the Supreme Court decided, and if you've got to find a workaround for it, uh, I don't. I I just don't think that's the military's place to be doing that. No, and that's what he's saying is that you're not. You know, you are. I mean, if, so, if some special group wants to do that, that's fine. But well, that's not. Uh, the that's what he's saying. He's saying the federal government does not have the authority to do, which is the military. Yeah, the, the military is an arm of the federal yeah. government. Yeah, you got to admire that, though. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I do. I admire his um, conviction. Yeah, yeah, his his conviction to stand yeah. firm on that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's my political dialogue for the day. Yeah, my, I, don't really, I don't really have anything else. Yeah, yeah well, that's because you're George. By the way, is uh, leaving after the show today. And going on sabbatical for the next three days. George <laughs> yeah, three has his days. final certified financial planner exam on Friday morning. When he successfully passes this, he will be a CFP like his old man. 
and a two and a half year journey will have reached its uh, fruition, its yeah. destination. So, so if I just like burst out into random fits of income tax or something like that, just just it kind of let me be. Michael, yeah. just cut my mic if I start to babble or ramble on. You can just cut my mic and just kind of let okay. me do my thing over here. But George is sitting over here in shorts, t-shirt, and tennis shoes because as soon as we're done with this show, he's out of here. I'm going. I'm going into isolation. If yep. anybody, if anybody needs me for the next three days, I am not alive. Yep. He's he's actually going. We, we weren't going to tell this, but he well. he's actually going to Tibet. There is a monastery uh, in the Himalayas that he is going to. Well, they'll feed him one meal a day of yak milk and gruel while he focuses on his, his studies. Yes, yes. Guaranteed to work. Only accessible by sharper backpacks. It's two days in and two days out, which if you do the math means you're not going to get I'm back gonna, in time. I'm going to have a whole lot of time to study. <laughs> All right. My name is Tommy Tate. I'm a certified financial planner with the Journeys Group. And I'm George Pate. I'm a financial advisor with the Journeys Group. We are an independent registered investment advisory firm in Aden, soon to be in Winterville as we build new offices. Our phone number, if I can get this right, is 252-304-1019. You got it. Got it. Yep. 10019, new phone number. Uh, or you can find us on the web at www.thejourneysgroup.com. Again, www dot the journeysgroup.com our website has a variety of financial articles that rotate through it it's got uh, our contact information and our schedule if you want to have an appointment with us it's links to our youtube our facebook and our instagram page uh, it mentions any upcoming events that we may have uh, and la- i think i've covered everything last but not least we uh, has links to the 19 podcast platforms we have for for our podcasts yeah uh, but covered everything? I think so. Okay. Um, what are we talking about today? That's a good question. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> well, we've got we've got several different topics kind of in yeah. the pipeline. We're going to talk about abundance today. Um, and there there are seven steps. You know, we, we're in a kind of a screwy time economically, a really screwy time spiritually and morally. <laughs> Uh, and a scurry time from from a nation's from a nation's perspective and a uh, a political perspective. Um, so, but there are some basic truths. Um, well, there are basic spiritual truths that never change. But we're going to veer away from this just for a second. There are some basic financial truths that exist as well. And no matter what's going on, no matter what fruitcake is in the White House or what insane party runs Congress. And I speak that about both, both of them, sides, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no matter what king or queen is in residence, um, there are seven steps that anyone listening can take that will guarantee them life security and life abundance. Uh, those of you that are going, not me, yes, you. <laughs> Number one, there are four life documents that you must have a will. A power of attorney, a health care power of attorney, and a living will. All right. The will, of course, dictates who gets what at your passing. Power of attorney gives authority to someone else to handle your business if you're incapable of doing so. Health care power of attorney gives someone the authority to make health care decisions on your behalf. And the living will, of course, is last wishes. You don't end, want to end be of life instructions. The end of life instructions. Yep. Yeah, you got those four. 
then step one is complete. Uh, do not go to Zoom to do these. Go to a, a living, breathing attorney and tell he or she what your circumstances are and what you want to happen. And they will f- they'll figure it out. And yes, going to an attorney for this stuff is is you know costs some money. It's it, and it's depressing, and it costs and it, it costs more than you can get it online. But when something happens to you, you are not going to be the one that has to clean up the mess. It's going to be your family. And so, would you rather? spend a little bit of money now and have everything ironclad locked down. There's no question about what's going to happen. Or would you rather your family have to dig through a mess or fight over, fight each other over trying to get your stuff straight? So that's ultimately what it comes down to. If, if, if you're, um, if you've thought about this and just haven't done it yet or whatever, uh, you're putting the burden on your family and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just, it's selfish and it's lazy to that's, not, to yes, not have it taken care exactly of because right. again, you're not the one that's going to have to deal with this. It's going to be your family. So you're going to be dead. Yeah. I mean, it's not yeah. your problem. Yeah. All right. Number two, the B word that everyone hates. You got to have a budget. Ugh. Uh, yeah, I agree. Ugh. In this budget, there should be a tithing line item. And those of you that don't go to church, charitable giving can be can work. Uh, there should be some type of debt control in place. If you have a budget, it automatically becomes a form of debt control. It will give you the ability to make guidance for long-range decisions. How quick can I buy X, Y, Z? And it gives you financial discipline. Uh, now, if you're one of those people that put a budget together and never look at it again, then all you've done is the paperwork. This needs to be a living, breathing part of your life. Um, is it fun in the early days? Absolutely not. It's like going to get a wheel. You dread doing it. But once it's in place, once it's doing its, its job, there's a tremendous sense of uh, relief and accomplishment. I think a lot of people dread it because they're afraid of what they're going to see when they when they put the numbers on paper. They're, they're afraid to see. I can promise you, if you are honest in what you put on the paper, you'll be horrified, dismayed, disgusted, nauseated, all the above. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. And I, and I think a lot of people are afraid to see that. And so they just continue on and they, you know, they, they're just kind of spinning their wheels rather than trying to attack the problem. But the fact that you think that's going to happen is a reason why you need a budget. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of self-explanatory. Yeah. Um, we see so many people in our offices that are in trouble because – um, they made a series of poor financial decisions that were as much out of ignorance as anything else. They just, they didn't know. And when I say they didn't know, they didn't realize, uh, I'll give you a good example. Probably everybody out there, myself included, probably spend 75 or $80 a month on some type of service that we don't even use anymore, but it's drafted out of our checking account. Yeah, and you, you don't even, re- you've had it for so long, you don't, don't even, you don't even realize it. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, multiply that by by a factor of 10 and that's what not having a budget does yeah i'll buy that car heck yeah we can buy that boat heck yeah we can um uh, take that vacation and then you turn around and go why do we have no money well because you have a 700 dollars car payment you have a 400 dollars boat payment and you have a 400 dollars credit card payment because of the vacation so that's 1100 a month going out or a thousand dollars a month going out of your pocket and you never put them together. In your mind, it was a car payment, a boat payment, that kind of thing. They were all separate, but not. Yeah. You know, you, you weren't looking at the big picture. You were looking at a a uh, a snapshot incident. Yep. And said, "Yeah, I can do that." Yep. And so, a budget 
I mean, the most important thing it does to me is tithe. It it, it puts the tithing right in your face. Uh, little secret here, we've mentioned this several times, probably hundreds of times. <laughs> if you ain't tithing, um, you're going to find it very, very difficult to succeed. Remember that the money that you have came from the Lord. It's his money. <laughs> He's letting you use it. And what does he ask back from it? 10%. Yeah, you get to keep the other 90%. You know? I mean. Now, I heard you. I heard you. Driving down the road, somebody I, just said, I, I can't, can't afford, afford to, to do that. <laughs> so, you're telling me that you have more faith in yourself to manage your finances than you do in the creator of the universe? Because if you give 10% back to him, he'll take care of the rest of it. Is there a leap of faith? Absolutely. Uh, is there a safety net? Absolutely. Uh, is your faith strong enough to believe in that? That's up to you. Can't tell you. Yeah, that's up to you. Uh, but um, you will not be successful without tithing. Now, that doesn't mean you will make a bunch of money, but it means you'll be miserable or not happy. or you'll. I mean, successful is a... Is a very relative term. Yeah, yeah. And success yeah. does not always mean uh, financial wealth. Yeah. So first, that's the first thing the budget does is, to, is it, I hope it forces you to tithe or at least think about tithing. Yeah, make sure you're aware of it. Yeah. The second thing is debt control, not just not getting into debt anymore, but also paying debt off. Um, if you're looking at your budget, and your take-home pay is, household take-home pay is $6,000 a month. And you're paying, excuse me, you're paying, not count your mortgage. You're right paying, I know, really. You're paying $1,400 a month in credit card and car payments. Not counting your mortgage. That is. Which, which is not atypical. <laughs> no, I mean, that's but that's 25% of your income. To debt. Yeah, I mean, gone before you even get to see it. And so if you didn't have that, what would you do with that $1,400? Oh, my gosh. I mean, you could have. Now, I, I think the question is, what could you do? Yeah. Not what would, because yeah. a, what, what a lot of people would do is just go spend it. But what could you do if you had, if you had an extra 25% or an extra $1,000 in your pocket every month? Imagine what, Imagine how far ahead you could be. Imagine what you could do with that money. And that's what people don't realize when they when they look at their debt. They don't look at it like that. They just say, "Well, I, I'm I'm here. I, I guess I'll just I'll just deal with it." And that there's no um, there's a sense of urgency to pay it off just so you can get out from underneath it. But people don't stop and realize what kind of impact getting rid of that debt service can can have. You know, you just get you just increased your income by a substantial amount, and that frees up so many opportunities to tithe, to save money, to uh, invest money, to do whatever with that money that you want to, that you weren't able to do because you were paying it to the piper. And the the concept behind the budget is uh, it's like tithing. It's in your face. You can look and see the damage this is doing, the, the, the debt's doing. Um, so that helps, again, with discipline. It helps with guidance for long-range decisions. If you want to buy a boat or a house or a car or whatever, then you can look at your budget and go, can I afford it? And if the bank tells you you can afford it, that doesn't necessarily mean you can afford it. And just because you can afford the payment 
does not mean you can afford the item. I think that's something that a lot of people get trapped in is that, oh, that's a that's a $400 a month payment. I can pay that so I can afford it. Not necessarily. You can you can make a payment all day long and not afford to have it. But that's what the budget does. The budget tells you it, it tells you what you can afford to buy. I mean, it tells you what kind of debt you can afford to take on. Uh, and again, if you're brutally honest with yourself about it. And it, But it also, you're right, it also uh, puts it glaringly in your face what kind of hole with debt that you're in. You know, what, what, kind of, uh, what kind of debt situation you're in so that you know, number one, you can attack it and say, okay, how am I going to get out of this? Where am I? What, what's the first step to take to get out of this? And number two, and I think this is more important it shows you that what getting out of that hole will do. I mean, you can see on paper, this is the impact this will have if I get out from underneath this. So, well, we, I mean, we're just an example. We're building in the process of building new office buildings. And we met with the uh, general contractor yesterday and we're going over things like uh, outlets and lights and that kind of thing. Well, that's what, so we can look at the office building look at the plans and we can say, yeah, I need plugs there and there and there. All right. Our office building plan is your budget. You can look at it and go, I need to increase that, decrease that, add to that. But if you don't have a budget, you have no clue what's going on. And guys, here's the frustrating thing to me. It's so dang easy. It used to be, uh, sell with your checkbook and go back for years and years. There's so many different free budget softwares out there that all you have to do really is you just put your checking account into it for a period of two or three months and it spits out what it is. Um, number three, insurance. And I'm talking about life insurance, disability insurance, health insurance, liability insurance, long-term care insurance. Now, why do you need insurance? And does everybody need the same kind, the same type of insurance? Insurance is for those unexpected disasters. All right. Everybody should have liability insurance because in today's litigious environment. It's very easy to get sued. Yeah. And, and, you can, and, and, and lose. Yeah. And those of you that have teenage children driving your cars, there's a good reason to have liability insurance. Those of you that have other businesses or other properties, there's a good reason to have liability insurance. Uh, we had a situation several years ago where a uh, a young boy was cutting through. Now, I have a fenced-in backyard. Was cutting through the backyard. Didn't Unbeknownst to y'all. Oh, it didn't ask permission or anything. Was was cutting through our backyard, which was fine. I didn't care. I yeah. mean, be, well, we've got a golden retriever that thinks everybody alive is his friend. And so the dog ran at the young man uh, to, to play. To play. And it scared him. Scared the young man. So he started climbing the fence to get out and fell and broke his arm. And the the family's initial response was that they were going to sue us. And it kind of got curtailed when I said, then I'm going to have your son arrested for trespassing. So, but then that's that's the environment we're in now is that there, you can sue anybody for any reason. And, and have a good chance of, yeah. you know, of taking them. Uh, and so liability insurance. All right, hospitalization. You all know the reason behind that. There's no secret there. Uh, disability insurance. If you work with your hands, it's even more important to have something like that. And last is life insurance. Now, 
everybody doesn't need the same kinds of insurance. Everybody needs the same amount of insurance. That's why you meet with somebody like us to go over this kind of stuff. But insurance takes care of the things that you can't prepare for. You can't prepare for a lawsuit. You can't prepare for a sudden illness. You can't prepare for a, a sudden death. Uh, that's what the insurance is for. So, and there are many of you out there, well, I'm more, more dead than I am alive. Well, that's poor plan that's, on your part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. Sorry. And one of the <laughs> things that, that cheeses me off the worst is when I look at a husband and wife, we're talking about life insurance, and the husband says, I'm not going to leave for a rich widow for somebody else to marry. And uh, those mm. of you that believe that, you're little boys. That drives you insane when you well, hear that. Well, it's like, okay, it's so like, basically you don't love you? her enough to take care of her. You're more worried about somebody else coming you're, along. And you're jealous them. about somebody that you don't even know and, yet. Okay, at that point, you're dead. <laughs> But you're not going to know about it anyway. I mean, I'm not taking care of somebody else. Well, you're not taking care of your wife. wife yeah, I'm just, yeah, so, we, yeah, yeah. So, we know you're not going to take care so of somebody else. So if we have a conversation about life insurance, for God's sake, don't say that to me. That's just, <laughs> that just really I, I look at him and go, who signed your marriage certificate? Because you're not a grown man thinking that. You know? <laughs> um, but life insurance is a, a, a good example. All right, George is 27, not married, no children. Does he need life insurance? Yes. Because he plans on being married and having children one day. So you go ahead and buy it while it's cheap and while he's he's in good health. All right. I'm 63. Married. My children are gone. Uh, do I need life insurance? Yes, because I have a lot of corporate business debt from where we build businesses, and that would have to be paid off if something happened to me. Uh, if I did not have that debt, I probably would not need life insurance because the assets that we built up over our years together would take the place of that all right my wife who i won't mention her age <laughs> is a stay-at-home mom um doesn't work outside the home and so if something happened to her economically it would not be a problem now if everything else would be a problem it'd be devastating but but in terms of the family finances you would not be negatively affected mm-hmm. in in that capacity and so in her situation like when when my sister and i were growing up uh, again, she stayed at home and took care of us. When my sister and I were little and growing up, he had a ton of life insurance on my mom because he, if something had happened to her, he had to be able to hire a nanny to take care of us while he was while he was at work. And so um, you can see how the needs changed over the years. Once Casey and I were were older and you know could take care of ourselves, if something happened, um, the need for insurance dropped off. Just again, just like a budget, insurance is a living, breathing beast that, you know, your needs change all the time. And that's why it's good to review, review your coverage, review what you've got uh, as life events happen, as, as things happen to make sure that you've got enough or that you don't have too much that you don't need. So that we're kind of getting low on time here, so I'm going to stop it here, but the, we'll do the other four steps next show. But that's the first three steps, and and those three are the most um, require the most personal involvement from you. Um, so let's look at them again: life documents, will, power of attorney, healthcare power of attorney, living will. Uh, unless you live totally alone and have no one in your life, that's you need those. Number two, a budget that emphasizes tithing, emphasizes debt control. That gives you the guidance to make long-term financial decisions and gives you some discipline. 
Uh, if anybody can tell me a reason why not to have a budget other than the fact it's uncomfortable and embarrassing, I'd love to hear it. Okay. Well, I mean, if you think about it, embarrassing implies that other people are going to find out about it. And if it's that bad, maybe you need to be embarrassed. Yeah. I mean, maybe if you're that worried about it, maybe you do need to be humbled and embarrassed a little bit. Number three, review your insurance, car, home, liability, hospitalization, disability, long-term care, life insurance. Um, I think I've covered it all with that one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and talk with your agents. Talk, you know, uh, talk with your, your, your property and casualty agent. Make sure that the coverage that you have is sufficient. You know, if you've bought new property or, um, have some, have some new stuff that you're worried about, call your person up and say, Hey, listen, situation's changed. Let's get together. I've got some concerns. And they can recommend that. You know, if you talk about life insurance or long term care, call us call you know call us 252-304-1019 be glad to sit down with you and take a look at all of these things um and help put the pieces in place so that you can be on the path to abundance that sounds like a a cheesy self-help line but uh i mean that's just it's it's just it's not that hard it's not that complicated it just takes a little bit of work on your end so so the The three things we've talked about are very personalized, very specific to you, and they require your involvement. You can't just farm this out to somebody else. Uh, It it does require you to admit your mortality, which is not fun. All right. Now, next week, we're going to cover the last four steps, which are a little more fun, I think. They're not quite as morbid. (laughs) (laughs) They don't involve Um, you dying. No. No. uh, But we'll talk about those next week. But anyway, we're covering the seven steps of life security and abundance. And we will continue this next week. Uh, do I hear music in my ear? Yes, we Excellent. Uh, all right. We appreciate you visiting with us today and look forward to sharing some time with you next week. Have a great week slash weekend. Talk to you soon. This is Tommy Pate. And this is George Pate. Taking, Taking care, care of business. business. The proceeding has been a paid program. The advice and opinions expressed by the Journeys Group and their guests are their own and may not reflect the opinions and advice of WTIB or Interbanks Media. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although should not be relied as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Fixed annuities are insurance products. Fixed annuities, rates, returns, and guarantees are subject to the claim paying ability to the underlying insurance company. Please see a statement of understanding and prospectus for a full detail on products discussed. Strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation and as such is not intended to be a direct recommendation. Before acting on any information mentioned, you should seek the advice from a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine whether it is suitable for your specific situation. Investment advising services are offered through the Journeys Group, an SEC-registered investment advisor.